0: we've been preaching this for a long time. We we sort of intrinsically know the value of the food that, that we grow. I should say my partner, Phil Noble, is a farmer. I'm not a farmer. So all the credit goes to Phil and his wife, Wani. But intrinsically aware of the, of the value, the nutritional value of the food we grow and the animals that we that they raise. But, you know, the food system wasn't agreeing with us. But the uh, the folks at the uh, friedman school certainly do agree with us and so we're right now pa- very passionate around this like concept of food as medicine you're listening to food integrity now with your host carol gervais
1: My guest today is Manuel Garcia. Manny is owner and general counsel to Sage Mountain Farm, an organic produce farm located in Southern California, which supplies large organic supermarket chains, restaurants, school districts, and food management companies. Some of those include Whole Food Markets, Jimbo's Naturally, Organic Roots, and they are also in the process of supplying and working with Chipotle, Sweet Green, and True Food Kitchen, amongst others. The reason I wanted to get Manny on the show today is to talk with him about a plan he and others are working on with the Friedman School of Nutrition at Tufts University and some pretty innovative ideas they are proposing to change our current broken food system to a system that actually supports health. He was also named to the Food and Nutrition Innovation Council, Friedman School of Nutrition, Science, and Policy at Tufts University, and undertaking food as medicine food system project. He will be sharing some of those ideas with us today that could help facilitate these much-needed changes as they relate to quality food, nutrition, and overall health in this country. Manny, welcome to Food Integrity Now.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here, though. Thank you.
1: Well, I'm excited to have a conversation today with you about all these exciting things you're working on. And before we get started, why don't you let our listeners know a little bit more about you and, and how you got connected with, with Sage Mountain Farm and, and kind of what you're passionate about.
0: Well, I'm, so I'm passionate about, uh, right now, I'm, I'm a member of the Food and uh, Nutrition Innovation Council at uh, Tufts University, the Friedman School of Nutrition, Science, and Policy. And I, I aligned with them. I was fortunate to meet them here in Southern California. And we became immediate friends and, and primarily around the concept of, Uh, food is medicine and it's something that I was sort of um, as co-owner of Sage Mountain Farm we've been preaching this for a long time we we sort of intrinsically know the value of the food that that we grow I should say my partner Phil Noble is a farmer I'm not a farmer so all the credit goes to Phil and his wife Wani. But intrinsically aware of the, of the value, the nutritional value of the food we grow and the animals that we that they raise. But you know the food system wasn't agreeing with us. But the uh, the folks at the Friedman School certainly do agree with us. And so we're right now pat, very passionate around this like concept of food as medicine.
1: Let's back up a little bit here, if you don't mind, because we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But I I kind of wanna paint a little bit of a timeline here uh, for our listeners to know what's going on at this university and stuff and how you got involved with them coming from, you know, being general counsel and, and co-owner of Sage Mountain Farm.
0: Certainly. Yeah. I'm an, I'm an attorney by education and by, by, my my career has been spent in rather large uh, law firms, Uh, I grew tired of it. There's a certain soul killing aspect of sitting in an office for 16 hours a day, day in and day out, billing billing hours. So I jumped to become a a general counsel for a organic baby food company in Latin America. And uh, sort of went with that for a while and I got hooked on the whole food, organic food, and healthy food. Uh, as a practical matter, sadly, I went through a divorce and I ended up in California. And I had the uh, I had the the, um, the fortune of of meeting Phil Noble, who's the, who has been Sage Mountain Farm for fifteen years. I've only been Sage Mountain Farm for about well, three three years. And so he and I partnered up. Phil is—he's um, an amazing guy. He's an ama- hardworking farmer. I mean, I think all farmers are hardworking. Certainly not getting paid what they what they should. And I and I we partnered up, and I sort of uh, look for opportunities and sort of uh, look for business opportunities for the farm, and provide guidance and sort of looking to guide us into a new a new uh, I guess a new paradigm. I guess. Um, for what we produce, and and so we partnered. I uh, got we got we had a number. We've had a number of successes. We've had a number of setbacks. And being a, running a farm is not easy. Uh, and so that's how I came to be here in Southern California, and how I came to be uh, affiliated with uh, Sage Mountain Farm.
1: Wonderful. And then how did you? become associated with the folks at uh, Friedman?
0: That was, uh, so there are a number of people here in Southern California who are working on this this, uh, this concept of food as medicine. There are a number of people uh, down in San Diego. There's a, a very uh, um, knowledgeable woman. Uh, her name is Michelle LaRock, and she's, um, she's been, she's had, she has videos and she's been sort of touching on this this subject for a long time and we reached out to her and she put us in touch with um, another another uh, uh, family that's been looking at these sort of health issues for a long time the Westreich family uh, Ruth Westreich and they invited us to a dinner a private dinner at Miss Westreich's home and I sat next to one of the gentlemen who was running a number of these studies out of Tufts University. And we had been I had been reading the studies and the studies, you know, coming out. I mean it seems like it's, it seems like common sense, right? The studies coming out of Tufts saying, Hey, if you eat healthy, guess what? You you get better health outcomes and you lower your health care costs and you pay lower healthcare premiums. I mean, it sounds logical. I mean, like why do we need a study for that? But you need a study for that, right? And so to change policy. Yep. And so Tufts has been, has been uh, undertaking these, these types of studies and pr- uh, publishing the, the results. And I've been reading them. And I've been reading them. And, and lo and behold, at this, at this dinner, I was, I was sitting right next to Dr. Jeffrey Bloomberg. And he introduced himself as being from Tufts. And that was it. We, we sort of took off from there. And they invited me to Boston. I went to Boston. I sat down with uh, their entire team from the dean. The dean of the school is, you know, he's kind of a, in this world, he's extremely well-known. Uh, he was on Bill Maher last Friday night. He, he's, the coronavirus has sort of heightened the profile. We can get into that later. But um, it's, so I, I, I linked with them. I connected with them. And we connected around, again, this idea of food as medicine. And... And they named me to their farm to the to the food and um nutrition innovation council. The council is made up there are very there's some very large company food companies on the council, uh some of the largest food companies uh on the council, including uh Nestle and Unilever and uh, General Mills, PepsiCo. So I you know, when they had the opportunity to to include a, a you know a medium-sized organic produce farm, and uh, I think they understood the value of having that voice on the council. There is another farm uh, on the council. Uh, there's another farmer. He raises uh, he raises uh, chickens and uh, yeah. So we uh, we we're now affiliated with uh, with the Friedman School. It's a very impressive group. It's amazing how, with that group, the, the number of just intelligent, dedicated uh, people who are who are looking at uh, looking at these issues, looking at nutrition, uh, as a matter of fact. So Kaiser Permanente is another group that's that's on the council. Um, they're very big here in California. So a number of them I've been in touch with. The American uh, Diabetes Association. One of the so the coronavirus really had sort of became a it sort of. I don't know what the right word is, but they the coronavirus is it really accelerated the the degree to which um, these large companies and um, and governments and, and and this industry has sort of been looking at nutrition because. I think yesterday the CDC came out with some statistic that, you know, if you have, uh, I believe it was diabetes, cardiovascular problems, you're 12 times more likely to die from coronavirus.
1: Not surprising though. Compromised immune system, of course.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I'll tell you can educate me on this stuff too. You're the expert, but so please correct me if if I misspeak here, but yeah, this is, this stuff is, uh, so the underlying, some of these underlying conditions, I believe they refer to them as comorbidities, the, uh, you know, obesity and, and things of this nature that they're only, you know, they're exacerbating the, the your likelihood to, to contract and you're likely to die and from coronavirus. And so, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of these organizations are really looking at, okay, how do we address this? How do we, and now ironically, as we sort of, sort of we're living through a very strange time right now you know we're having all these protests as well well one of the things that's really that's sort of interesting about this is that you look at the protests and you see a number of signs that people are protesting they're, they're protesting food issues and, and there's you know look we live in food deserts and we can't get healthy food and and sort of these these two sort of worlds are sort of overlapping right now it just so happens that in, like on the council, we're talking about this as well, is that, you know, communities of color, higher incidence of diabetes, higher incidence of, of, uh, of obesity. And so it really is this moment right now where there's a, there's a, it's really accelerating the degree to which people are looking at this stuff. And I, th- I hope we, I hope it's a turning point.
1: You know, it's so interesting because, as you know, I talk about food and nutrition. I'm a nutritionist and a life coach, and I mean, I've done many, many shows with some of the best experts in the world on food and nutrition and have really been talking about with several people the value of having a healthy immune system because we do live in a toxic world where we're being bombarded, you know, environmentally by so many different toxins. And I mean, this is, my audience is probably listening right now and going, no kidding. This is really important, but there's a lot of people that really don't understand the value of eating healthy whole foods and they believe some of the the hype of oh organics not any different nutritionally than than conventionally grown food and so the fact that being more studies done on the value of eating whole healthy food versus eating processed food i mean that that just makes sense. It doesn't even seem like we need a study for that, but we do.
0: Well, So we've aligned ourselves with the the, the Friedman School uh, with Doctor Darius um, Safarian. He's a he speaks on these issues all the time. Not every. Again, I'm not a nutritionist, so I don't. I'm quickly learning, but I think you probably would agree with me. You go out into the into the internet and you start looking at these issues. You're gonna find the evidence you need depending on what what your uh what your perspective already is. What's the saying? The saying is uh uh seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. I I I I look at this nutrition issues and and you know people people are using studies and, and evidence that they're they're cherry picking. They're picking what they wanna what they wanna believe to promote whatever diet they're trying to promote yeah that's fantastic i don't i don't I, I, we grow we grow organic produce you know uh, grass-fed meat uh and so we stick to a the way i sort of say it is we're transparent about it do your research if this is something you want from us this is something we can supply but we try and stay away from the from those, the debates because we realize it's just like not every, even aligning ourselves with the preeminent. So by the way, Tufts University, the Friedman school is the only independent nutrition school in the nation. So, you know, and so we, we've aligned ourselves with them. We, we tend to sort of, I, I tend to sort of, when it gets into these sort of nutrition issues, I default to sort of their, their knowledge and, and their research. So but but yeah, I agree. We we well, one of the things that we, we well we saw and and through the coronavirus was you had companies like McDonald's, you know, giving away free meals to frontline workers. And sort of one thing I always said to my to my colleagues or friends said, like, "Look, I I applaud the sentiment from McDonald's, and it's a, it's a, the the sentiment is, you know, you want to help, you want to help, we get it, and that that should be applauded." But it seems to me at the same time that you probably don't want to be feeding frontline workers McDonald's. It, it just doesn't seem like, like what you want to be getting them is sort of nutrient dense um, meals that are helping them strengthen and fortify their immune system. Right. So, so, yeah.
1: It's not surprising, though, that that was happening. Or I know you and I had spoken about how some of the Oh, I get junk food makers are toting their their snacks as healthy and I won't bring up the particular product, but um, when you told me about it, I instantly went and looked up the ingredients and picked it apart and uh, there is there is nothing healthy about this. There's no nutrient density and and yet people. A lot of people, unless which is why I do the work I do, because I want to assist in educating people that words like "natural" mean nothing. And somebody will pick up a product and go, "Oh, but it's natural." I hear that all the time. It's not organic. It's not non-GMO. But it's natural. And I think most of the people in, in my show know the know the difference. But there's a lot of people that don't. And I and I I want to I want to assist with that because the big food companies, many of them, that's just a marketing tool for them.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. So remember, I'm a lawyer, and so uh, <laughs> there are lawsuits. There are there are, there are lawsuits over these things, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I
1: know. I know, and I I'm familiar mm-hmm. with a few that that have been won on behalf of their uh shenanigans we'll we'll call that (laughs) back to what what, but what you're you're doing with Tufts, and what what you think is so exciting about the possibilities of what you're creating
0: so there's a couple a number of groups that kaiser right now is trying to get out as much healthy food to their to their constituents as they can um i've spoken to them there's a there's a um uh wonderful they have a wonderful person over there can i mention her name she's fantastic and it's cam schwartz she's sure. a kite she's a kaiser and and she's uh and they're working and trying to get as much food out uh um as possible the constituents they have uh my understanding is kaiser has farmers markets incorporated in each one of their uh their medical facilities so right. over here in, yeah, so and over here in Riverside County, they have a farmers market that's incorporated in the facility there, and, and either they're doing it or they're going to do it in all of the facilities. It's fantastic, you know. And so and so, we I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm I'm in touch with them. I'm speaking with them, but uh, you know, it's slow going and trying to see if we can, as a farm, my I, I'm saying, yeah, let me get my healthy produce and healthy food out to as many people as possible. Okay. Who wants to help me do that? Let's, and so, and so, you know, so I'm talking to Kaiser and, and, and seeing maybe for there's something there, uh, I'll hopefully be speaking to the, the, the CEO of the American Diabetes Association. I have been in touch with her and, and i maybe, and they're working on this issue as well. And this idea that there are organizations that are dealing with, you know, constituents, chronic illnesses, and they're saying, yeah, maybe I want to get, uh, I, maybe I want a connection to, uh, to an organic, uh, farm. Maybe I want a, a, a local, uh, organic farm to be able to get healthier food out to my constituents. You know, we get, we supply our, you know, this, we supply our, our product to, uh, to Leah over at Eat Marketplace. She's fantastic. She gets it. She's a chef that gets it. She uses all local farmers. In her meals, and and we've been supplying uh, our products to her, and she's getting out pre-made meals to to seniors in the area, and she's been doing that through the corona, through the time of this coronavirus, and and so we're trying to work with these different groups to see if there's a way that a farm can partner with the chefs, can partner with medical institutions and, and and healthcare organizations to try and get our our healthier produce out to uh to their to their constituents and it's so and so a number of things that are, are happening already the government has made available money through the 2018 farm bill they've made available a uh, I mean it's a small it sounds sounds like a large amount small amount considering the budget but 20 million i think two years ago 40 million last year uh, and growing for produce, a uh, produce prescription program, being able to buy healthy produce through the, I believe it's through the SNAP program. Most, more, most recently, there's a pilot program that's making, with bipartisan support, making its way to the Congress right now for medically tailored meals, a pilot program that Medicare and Medicaid would pay, pay for partially or fully uh, for medically tailored meals to go out and...
1: Is that of drugs?
0: what a concept i know i'm yeah well no i mean you know conflicts of interest or conflicts of interest i mean you can't pharmaceuticals make their their business model is
1: on sick i'm just gonna say it based on sick care right
0: right so it's unhealthy people and so the idea that uh you Farmers, uh, certain types of farmers, and chefs, and healthcare uh, professionals want health want healthier individuals. Yeah, that may be those may be two you know conflicting things. <laughs> so so yeah, we're excited. We're excited about. it. I'm excited about it. It's uh, um and it's there's a there's a lot to do, but. This moment really is laying bare a lot. Of, one of the big things that this moment is also uh, highlighting is um, I guess it has, well, I guess it's all related, but uh, local food supply chains. Uh, and so all of a sudden, I'm very active on a lot of discussion boards, on uh, LinkedIn, and places like that. And uh, it's a, a lot of discussion revolving around the idea that we've built a food system that's built for efficiency. And so we haven't like three or four number of, a very small number of meat processing plants that are supplying the entire country. And if they go down, we're not that you want to, in my view, want to be buying your, your meats out of those processing plants anyway. You, you but read my mind. Down, right. But if they go down, then you're, you know, you're in, Major parts of the country could be in deep trouble so so there's a whole discussion happening right now around okay, what do we do? How do we reconfigure this food supply chain to make it more resilient so what i'm what I would say is Southern California Southern California has no excuse. Southern California can have a, a resilient local regional food supply chain here in Southern California that the growing season here in Southern California could be depending on sort of where you are, could be year round. So it's uh we here in Southern California are spoiled in that sense, but we need to take advantage of it. We need to take advantage yeah. of it. If you're sitting in, if you're sitting in Detroit, I mean, that's a whole different story because the growing season is probably very short and limited. Yeah. So you have to have figured out other, other, other alternatives to that. But in Southern California, it's, we have no excuse here. We can we can do this and and we and we definitely at Six Farm we want to be a part of that. So how big is the farm? It I net uh, met I think sixty sixty five acres. It's much larger, but there are roads. There's a road that yeah. goes down the middle and there's a there's a pack house and the farmer my farm fields so, so, and the family So f- and the farmable
1: there, so. land is sixty acres? Yeah. Okay.
0: And we don't use it all, and okay. we don't use it all. So it's uh, we certainly have space to grow. Um, so we are uh, we are talking to the county of Riverside. There is uh, a possibility of of a of, of depending. We have to we have to submit a proposal. Um, there is a possibility of obtaining additional land. Uh, land at a lower elevation. The where, where the farm is currently is it's somewhat it's at higher elevation, and so we're limited as well. And so we're trying to again follow our own advice, trying to find land in Southern California where we could grow year round. There are a lot of aspects to this. The final piece would be that our alignment with Tufts is if we were to we were to start aligning ourselves with these different medical or healthcare professional organizations, is Tufts is Again, depending on funding and other things, Tufts is perfectly willing to to, to to do the evaluation, to track the data and look at this and say, okay, did, did, the, did the health outcomes improve? And, you know, I think that for, for certain healthcare organizations, that's gold. That's, that, that's amazing. You're going to have a program in which, you know, you're using, because we're not just using uh, Sage Mountain Farm. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to shamelessly plug another farm that we partner with. Uh, it's called Eco Culture Farm, and they're outside of Temecula. Um, uh, Corey Shallow and his father are out there, and they run a regenerative farm out there. It's amazing.
1: They yeah, do amazing yeah.
0: stuff, and they yeah. and they produce amazing produce. And, and we're and they're also doing this. And I would love for these more of these farms to be doing that and getting getting their produce out, getting their products out people eating healthier, health outcomes improving, and healthcare costs coming down, and my God, win-win across the board. And so
1: yeah. it's,
0: um, but it's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> yeah, of work. I mean, uh, I, I really applaud you because what you're proposing, I think it's awesome. And I can see where there might be some pushback uh, with different organizations um, that may not want this to happen, unfortunately. But you've aligned yourself uh, with people that get it, which is great.
0: Right. No, so the the real, I guess, obstacle, it's not some, uh, you know, dark you know empire out there who's like looking at it and saying ah we're gonna we're gonna push back no, on no, you no. Guys. well but but it's more it's more just connecting the dots so yeah we we've aligned with with a number of people who are dedicated who are intelligent and super intelligent super educated and and they get it and they, but the prop the, the issue is more is some of these tend to be larger bureaucracies and then right and so you have to you know it takes time and you got to connect the dots and everybody has sort of has to get on the same page. And, and I'm and, it's always, and at, the end, at the end of the day, it's sort of managing, managing any, any organizations, you're, you're facing the same obstacles that any manager would, it, it's sort of involving all these large organizations, personalities, and personality types and stuff like that. And it's, um, but the people all sort of are, philosophically, I would say you're right. Everybody is sort of on the same page.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, you said, connecting all those dots. So what's the next step?
0: The next step um, is to keep doing what, <laughs> keep <laughs> doing what we're doing. The, uh, the, 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 the council is, is about to name, uh, they, um, they have a, so the Food and Nutrition Innovation Council they're going to name a, a head uh, executive director for, for entrepreneurship. So this is the person who's really going to start coming on b- and and he's going to guess, I guess, come on board soon. I don't know. They've been interviewing, but this person is going to come on. And the next step is for this person to start sort of making these connections happen because the, the council is, is so, it's so stocked with, with that council has a lot of, uh, can have a lot of influence in in what is done and what can be done and in imagining uh, a new, a different food system. And so they need a person there and they knew it. This is why they they, they created the position. They they need a piece of person there sort of pushing this and pushing these initiatives. And that person is supposed to come on relatively soon. And, And so that will help, and that will help sort of get these initiatives going. I'm talking to a number of different groups, AARP, Kaiser, American Diabetes Association. Um, I'm talking to all of them, and I'm talking to them and saying, "Okay, is there is there any common ground here? Is there anywhere we can work together? How can we get our food out to more of your people?" And and I just have to keep doing that. And it also helps grow our farm, right? And it also, right. I mean, I don't want I don't want people I don't want people to think this is one point of contention that I, I always, I always make, I'm very clear about it, that it grows, it, it helps grow our farm. And, and so why do I, why do I bring that up? Because what I say is, look, it can't be sustainable if the farm can't sustain itself. So, and, and so people point me as sometimes that maybe you should go get foundation money. And, and, and you know, we look at that, and, and I definitely look at that and it's, free money is great, right? So, but what I say is the farm has to be profitable, healthy. It has to be, my farmer has to have, uh, be able to sit, have a healthy family, healthy life, and it has to be profitable because otherwise the system's not sustainable. So, right. and so, so all of this, we're, we're, we're do, we feel we're doing the right thing. We feel we're doing good. It also helps us. I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's um that's a good thing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. We're also working, like I mentioned Leah, um, at Eat Marketplace, as the possibility of, of of developing uh pre made meals and trying to get our pre made meals and uh, Leah as a chef overseeing this stuff. Um, we're trying we're looking at trying to do uh you know, if we can. Uh she's really busy. If we can get if we can get some of these clients on board to, um, you know, make more pre-made meals and get our healthy meals out there. So what, cause one thing is to have a, a, a CSA box, a farm box arrive at your home. And, and some people don't need assistance with that. They get it. They, they're creative. They figure out what to do with it. And there's no need to direct them. Other people need, you know, a little bit more direction. And so, so we tend to think of this thing as sort of, you know, there's, there's, uh, Barn boxes, there's meal kits, there's pre-made meals, there's a sort of spectrum of of sort of how can how you approach different different communities.
1: Yeah, kind of like a uh healthy meals on wheels.
0: Well, one of the one of the great things also is, you know, it it you know, some of the some of the uh health insurance and life insurance companies are now I, I, they're looking at subsidizing some of this stuff well right? oh, they're looking at sense. okay how do, they're looking at how okay how do we okay. it makes in my view again i don't know the internal financial workings uh workings of these insurance companies but from an outsider's perspective i look at it and i go you have you know i was looking at one of the statistics from uh uh dr Mursif- from Darius the other recently and I, i'm 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 blown away by how like the statistics were something about the cost of healthcare for obesity and diabetes and uh, sort of uh, uh, heart-related diseases. And, you know, it was in the trillions of dollars or in the hundreds of billions of dollars. And I just thought to myself, of course, it's, from an outsider's perspective, if you're a health insurance company, or life insurance, yeah. Doesn't it make sense that you'd want healthier people, lower costs? Yeah, that makes sense to me. But again, I don't know the inner workings. And so, and you know, they're large companies. and So, you know, there, there may be um, limitations to this stuff. So again, I'm an outsider. I'm, I'm uh, I have an organic farm. So it makes sense to me. But it, to to get it across the finish line, it's, um, it's, I think there's, there's progress. We're making progress. It's not without its challenges, but there's, there's been, Definitely progress, and in in, in even as recently as the past couple of years.
1: Well, I think what you're trying to create, even if you make some progress in it, I I think that'll be great because to educate and to get healthy food to people so that they can become healthier, have a better quality of life, even if we can just do it starting out to a small degree it's a start and i think i think what you're trying to create is um, it's kind of a changing of the system and i think it'd be wonderful and that's why i think it's very innovative and creative and i like it and that's why i wanted to have you on the show today to talk about it because um I, I love that when different people are thinking outside the box and trying to do things to improve the quality of our lives, basically.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, there are a lot of people pushing on this subject. Uh, so Dr. Mark Hyman also is a guy who's just
1: yeah, no,
0: I, I follow I follow I follow him on, on these different feeds and. And, uh, a pharmacy. Yeah, it's amazing with, how with it, the F A R. Your doctor, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I get his podcast. Uh, he's he's amazing, and um, he's uh, he really t- looked at this stuff holistically, and and well, I've I've seen a number of his interviews with other doctors on there, and and some of the stories they tell are just are just remarkable how, I mean, they've taken people with, with cancers and, and, and just, just, you know, come in and, and you know, come, patients who have come in with just dire uh, prognoses and, they, and they've turned them around and, 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 and some of these people, they've turned them, I mean, what Dr. Mustafarian says is like, some of the changes in diet can, uh, can have an effect within five weeks. Yeah. I mean the, the the changes are are immediate. Again, I'm not a it's anecdotal anecdotal evidence here, but I'm I'm saying it just. I'm not a doctor, but you know I've I've seen enough of this stuff. It just seems like it seems like the the potential here is it's huge.
1: Is, is, and, and and changes in five weeks. weeks that's amazing. And guess what, folks? No side effects. Right. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. One thing, one thing that's amazing is like I go down, so I go down to Eat Marketplace sometimes, and I'll and I'll order some, I'll order the meals there from from the produce, or the meats that are coming from our farm, and you know it's kind of weird, but I so and it's okay, it's because I'm biased, but it's delicious. It's un, I mean again, it's 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 I, 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 magic, I but, but it's. like... <laughs>
1: I concur. I yeah, quite often I go every single Saturday morning. I go to the farmer's market there at the very least. I get my organic coffee with the homemade coconut milk and a, a gluten-free, you know, something as I walk around the market, but I've eaten many meals there. And I've also interviewed chef Leah on the show because she's been instrumental in the community. I love to support places like eat restaurant in Temecula yes I'm plugging her because it's worth it and, <laughs> and uh, you got to go there you gotta eat their food and support those who support your health that's the way I look at it
0: right no but I guess I guess my point is, is like is I think even today there's still sort of this reluctance it's like somehow that Healthy means it doesn't taste good, and 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 what I'm saying here is, is I go to eat, when I go down and, and I and I eat down there, it's the, it's it's just delicious food, and I'm like, oh my god, this is and this is like, this is this is good for me. And yeah. uh, Phil, my my partner, does that to me. I'm all will be at the farm, he'll he'll reach down, and he'll pull a radish out of the dirt, and just like wipe it off, and he'll say, here, eat this. I'm like, I'm not gonna eat that. He, he said, here, eat it, and I eat it. I'm like, and it just, and it just, what you, what you're getting from that earth, it's because it's, it's been nurtured. Yeah. It just explodes in your mouth. It's just unbelievable. And, and when you go back into the grocery store and you, and you eat that, it just, the difference is, is
1: night and day.
0: It's remarkable.
1: Yeah. yeah I, so. I, um, you know, again, we're in Southern California. So part of the reason I live here is for that reason, because I know that I can get really quality food year round, pretty much, and I have to buy right. very little, um, if any, produce at a grocery store. If I do, I'll go to Organic Roots or someplace like that, but but not very often because I have the I eat seasonally with the farmers market, and I again, and I I understand that that's not possible and different areas
0: of the country but right you mentioned organic roots and so i'll we also supply supply them i mean just this this may be helpful to your listeners as well we we actually supplied um whole foods for for a long time What what ultimately happened is that um and 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 this is this is this i think uh, an aspect that not many people sort of are aware of you know, layered on top of the whole food system is this whole food safety um, apparatus, right? And yeah. again, because of my my background, I'm all for it. I am all for it. You can't. I don't want to be the. I don't want to be the the the, the farm. Or I'd hate to be the farm that that was responsible because of a lax food safety policy or policies that was responsible for killing children or babies or anybody for that matter, because, Oops. you know, because they due to E. e- coli. So I get it. I'm, we're all for it. So, and, and so the, the, the real issue that I always sort of point out is like, is like with small and medium sized funds, it, it becomes really hard to, to, if you're wanting to make the jump to sell to a white, if you want to scale, let me put it to you that way. If you want to scale, and, and sort of join the more traditional food system, you have this whole food safety layer, and it's expensive. It's expensive. So a third party auditor comes out from Chipotle or comes out from Whole Foods or comes out from whoever, and they say um, you can't you can't pass your your produce through that packhouse because that packhouse doesn't meet our requirements. I say okay, fine. What do we need to do to update the pack house. Well, you need to do A, B, C, D, and E. And A, B, C, and D, and E is going to run you $300,000. <laughs> yeah. So the small and medium-sized farmers, you may as well say $30 million because $300,000 to a farmer at that level, it's, it's... And that's in addition to, oh, your fencing is off. And so you, you have to... Oh, that's another seventy-five, And oh, you you know, something... And it just adds up. And then you're like, well, again, you may as well say 30 million because those farmers, it really is, their margins are very are very slim, you know? And they're, it's hard for them to meet that. They don't have $300,000 just sitting in their back pocket. And, you know, and a number of these farmers have gone through multiple, or gone through bankruptcy or multiple bankruptcies. And so getting credit, it becomes an issue. And so, and so you know, people are you know, why don't you do this or do that? Or it's like, well, the problem with, with getting this food out, part of the problem with getting the food out is, is you have to comply with the food safety issues. You have to comply with the food safety um, system that is, that is is really expensive. And so with restaurants, it's, it's a bit easier because it's, okay, I'm going to, this is really a brief, brief, um, uh, uh, summary of this, of this issue. It's, it's a really complicated issue, but with restaurants, it's a little bit different because there's something they could, t- typically there will be a kill step, right? There's a kill step in the process. I meaning the food is cooked. And so sometimes the, feed, the the produce can be field packed and, and you can bring it in. in the restaurant. There's a kill step. And so you don't really have to deal with it. But If you're going to put your produce out in a grocery store, there's no kill step. And so it becomes, anyway, you can see how this stuff can become complicated and become expensive. And so Mm -hmm. these are real issues. These are real issues. And, and we have to, to, in order to, to design a, a different food system, this issue will have to be figured out.
1: Right. And
0: so one of the big things recently that caught on was catching on in, in, in this industry before the coronavirus is blockchain blockchain was is is being touted as a savior for the food safety issues and blockchain and blockchain and blockchain
1: I yeah, don't we even know what that is what does I'm that
0: like, mean the technology it's basically in my view it's, uh, it's a technology that can that uh, is a tracing technology for for the our, for our purposes and it basically tracks the it, it, you can track the your 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 food from seed to consumption and and you know if anything has ever been altered and it's a safety issue and it's a safety uh and i i believe it it looks like it would resolve a number of issues and it provides a lot of useful data right but we went out and we looked at it and you know and there's a lot of these companies out there promoting uh data fixes and stuff you know hundred thousand dollars okay again you may as well say you know 30 million because i just you know it all adds up and so the larger the larger industrial farms can afford that stuff it's not yeah well aren't the industrial
1: the industrial farms are more subsidized isn't that correct by the government
0: well well, if you're talking about like uh, wheat and corn and stuff like that, yes, yeah. yeah, soy. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that definitely is the case. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm even talking about is like. I mean, they're large organic farms. They're really large organic farms that are. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about thousands and thousands of acres, and yeah, you know, hugely profitable, and and so it's you know even those ones are, they can afford that stuff, and it and and, and it and it's useful. It is useful. But for if you were looking to scale up and, and have, more, have a more resilient food system, a more resilient, localized, regional food system, then you're looking at, at, at in my view, if that's what you want, then you're, by, by necessity, looking at working with smaller and medium-sized farms in a region. And if you're going to do that and you're going to, you're going to want them to be supplying that regional, uh, being the supplier to that regional food supply, they have to scale up. I mean, you can have gardens. Gardens are fantastic. And people growing their own food, amazing, fantastic. Roof gardens, fantastic. Do it wherever you can. But I'm saying if you want the food system to, uh, to supply a, a region like Southern California. I mean, what's the population of Southern California? 20 million? Yeah. 25 million, I don't know. You you know, it's you're going to have to get some farms to scale up a little bit to i was saying healthy farms, <laughs> organic yeah. farms, regenerative yeah. farms, you know, Yeah, To scale up and yeah. scale up a little bit, you know. It's like Yeah. It's Seems like there should be more
1: incentive uh, which is which uh, may be facilitated by what you're trying to do. You understand yeah. what I'm saying?
0: So it's, uh, so yeah, it's, a, it's, it's great stuff. It's fascinating stuff. I'm, I'm happy to be, to be, to be doing this today, as opposed to sitting in a, an office in in Washington, D.C. <laughs>
1: and, yeah, we, um, you know. as on a personal note, Manny worked for, um, Arnold and Porter. Can I say that? I'll cut this out. If you don't want me to say that, no, no,
0: no, Arnold, Arnold po- and Porter. And When
1: I, when I saw your bio, so did I, I was a former legal assistant, legal secretary, worked for managing partners. I worked for the managing partner of the Arnold Porter Dallas office. And I did the legal thing for 23 years and, uh, Put to become a nutritionist
0: and a life coach yeah no there look again there's nothing wrong
1: with it i mean no uh, i know the world needs
0: lawyers too we do <laughs>
1: we do but for me it was like uh it, it was like the golden handcuffs and i just wasn't loving it so uh i don't like to do things i don't love yeah
0: yeah and then i guess that's what i it sounds it sounds maybe like a young person's cliche, but but there's there's a significant amount of truth to it it's just a, yeah. I encountered a number a number of people who clearly were not doing something that they were passionate about or enjoyed and um and because the the you know the salaries were so significant
1: yeah you,
0: you made certain you made certain life compromises and so, I decided to get out of that, and that's I think a worthwhile story as well that you know there is there is life on the other side of that and yeah. but but you in my case that was it was thrust upon me uh but you know you have to have the courage to sort of do these things that you're passionate about, you enjoy and go and 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 attack them and and immerse yourself in them one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, you know, you
0: have quotes. a, you have a, it's purposeful, it's purpose, purposeful stuff. And so, and so you believe in it and it makes it, it makes uh, your life more enjoyable, I believe.
1: Absolutely. That you, that was the advice I would give people as a life coach. <laughs> oh, I you forgot you're a life
0: coach. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. As right. you were just, as you were just saying that, I was gone. that's right on.
0: <laughs> I was going to quote the, uh, it was the, it's the, it's the Victor Frankel quote: uh, "He he who has he who has a why can endure any how or something like that." Um, Are you familiar I'm with familiar the quote? Familiar
1: with that one, but I think, right. I think the audience gets what we're talking about. You know, it's, yeah, um, yeah. So, do yeah. what you love and do it with passion. And when you're when you're committed and and you know, keep taking steps forward. Doors, just keep opening. That's my little two cents on enjoying your life right there.
0: Right, but so to, I guess to wrap back around to the whole food and nutrition idea of food and yeah. medicine is, you know, if you imagine a system, if you imagine a system, like one of, the big, one of the big beefs I always read is like, sure, all this food is amazing, but it's so damn expensive okay, fine. That is a fair assessment. And so, and so, but imagine a world where all of a sudden the government, government programs, Medicare, Medicaid, health insurance companies, life insurance companies, uh, other health organizations are subsidizing it Are subsidizing it because they see the value in it. They see the value in, and so one of the, one of the, one of the groups that I think is just amazing. It, it, it this one blew me away. There's a group out there, and I believe they're called Mission Readiness. And if I'm not mistaken, they're a, they're a sort of group of very high-ranking former uh, generals and admirals and uh, people in the mil- in, 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 in sort of in the military, right? They're military people, they're military. And I guess one of the biggest, uh, one of the uh, a real a real challenge, I guess, to the military recently has become. That they're not able to recruit, or they're having trouble recruiting, because one of the obstacles to recruiting is that too many people are, are 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 suffering from obesity. They're not able to they're not able to get the recruits they want because they're overweight or obese. Yep. And so and so the military is looking at this and, and they see this as a as a real issue, and they're going, "Hell, we got to get behind this. We got to figure this out because this is this is that can't be." I was like, oh my God, that makes, it's a national, so like, it becomes a national security issue. And I'm like, holy shit, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And I get why so so many organizations are getting behind this. And I'm like, come talk to your farm, talk to your local farm, partner yeah. with your local farm. That, yeah. that would be my advice to all these people. Yeah. Partner with your local farm and, and, yeah. your, and, and your local know And know your, know your like,
1: farmers and support your farmers. The win-win. Yeah, the community wins a, across the board. Yeah. Well, Manny, thanks for being on with us today and for your efforts to shift our current system that I feel is totally broken. And uh, we look forward to seeing how this project uh, progresses and really applaud you for, and everyone involved for this huge undertaking in uh, support of our health
0: yeah hey, well', well thank you we'll
1: have you we'll okay. have you back as you progress and right you
0: okay and if i' and if i'm not progressing i'm gonna be dejected and <laughs> no no
1: no 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 you know <laughs> you know if if first you don't succeed <laughs> you know that one
0: yeah. yeah no i'm 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 fine i don't i don't i don't I don't wither easily. I don't give up easily. So uh,
1: Wonderful. Tenacity is a wonderful thing. So thanks for being a guest, Joe. And thanks to our listeners for just taking the time being with us today. And please share this information. And if people in the area want to know more about your farm or um, more about this information, you have a website or something they can go to.
0: Yeah. It's just Sage Mountain Farm. You'll see it. SageMountainFarm.com. It's there. And uh, my, if you want to email me, it's Manny at Sage Mountain Farm. It's pretty easy. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot in Southern California as we've heard. And anybody who is interested, wants to join us, wants to, has ideas. I get people calling, and email me all the time about ideas. And so, um, That's yeah. great. Please feel free to reach out.
1: That collaboration is um, sure much needed and appreciated. So anyway, thanks again for being on and thanks to all our listeners.